welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Home Efficiency. Hello, clean tech enthusiasts. My name is Scott Cooney, and my company has done energy and water efficiency retrofits for more than 13,000 homes and small businesses, saving our customers more than $3 million a year on their electric and water bills, while also reducing more than 11 million pounds of carbon pollution per year. Would you like to start offering this type of service in your community? Do it for a living? Make money? You can. Check out homeefficiency.com for more info. We do flat fee consulting to help you get started with our model, training you, giving the inventory, tools, software, and support you'll need. No royalties, no hidden fees, no sneaky add-ons. You can just get started. Ready to work with your hands and make a difference every day? Do it. Go to homeefficiency.com. Check out. We're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. This week, we're talking to Danny Shapiro, Senior Director of Automotive at NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA, as you probably know, has been a tech leader for, for many years and has been really uh, expanding its, its play in the autonomous vehicle um, space with automakers. So we're going to dive into that topic today. Danny, a huge thank you for being here and for um, spending some time with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's, it's a great topic. And you're right, there's a, a lot that's been going on. And it's going to be a super exciting 2021 and beyond. I hope so. <laughs> it's looking good so far. I mean, for the most part. Uh, and of course, I'm CEO of Clean Technica, which you should hopefully know since you're listening to our podcast. Uh, so first question, Danny, um, can you speak about NVIDIA's evolution going from supportive tech for driver assist systems to you know more complete uh, system development in coordination with automakers for autonomous vehicles? Sure. I mean, NVIDIA is a, is a technology company that's involved in many, many industries. So automotive is just one of several that we are helping to transform. In fact, we've been working with automakers for over two decades and essentially every car, truck, even every mode of transportation or products that you buy are designed uh, on NVIDIA graphics technology. And so we started working with automakers on the design, on the engineering uh, and simulation. So those are primarily graphics applications. Then over a decade ago, we moved into the vehicle for infotainment. So bringing graphics and consumer electronics types of use cases into the vehicle. So infotainment, digital cockpit, rear seat entertainment. As our technology evolved and became uh, more of a high performance computing processor as well as, as graphics uh, and artificial intelligence, we started looking for applications um, that would leverage that. And as you mentioned, driver assistance is one of those, uh, as well as a fully autonomous vehicle. So there's a big jump between those two though. And the, the key differentiator is the computing horsepower that's required. Um, hundreds and hundreds of tops really, which are trillions of operations per second are required to process all the sensor data that's on modern cars and, and robo taxis. 
so LIDARs, cameras, radars, generate a massive amount of information that needs to be processed a fraction of a second to determine what's going on around the car. And so if you look at this as a massive computing challenge, um, that's exactly what NVIDIA is all about. How do we tackle the world's most challenging problems and do we use computing artificial intelligence in efficient ways to, to solve those challenges? And so it's an ongoing um, project. We've been investing in it for years and we have you know, many years ahead of us that, that we'll be delivering solutions for as well. Yeah, thank you for that overview. Uh, I should also disclose, I normally don't have to do this, but I have I have some shares, not not much. I'm not a rich, very rich person of NVIDIA. So uh, just put that out there as a disclosure. Um, so one, you know, you've been ex- expanding a bit in the automotive sector. You've also been expanding a bit geographically with a lot of notable partnerships with Chinese um, EV startups from Xpeng, Neo, Li Auto, and even and Syke. Um can you just uh, talk a little bit about uh, when you decided to stroll over there in such a big way, and um, and and the process of working with these EV startups? Um, some call themselves smart EV startups, uh, as well as you know conventional large uh, legacy automakers. I think, as you know, China is the largest automotive market in the world. And that, that shift happened several years ago. Um, but as a company, uh, NVIDIA is global. Uh, we have a large workforce in China. Um, we have over 20,000 employees worldwide, many, many thousands uh, in China. And you know, we basically have been focused on the automotive hubs around the world, Japan, uh, Germany, and, and the United States as well. So it's not something that necessarily has been a brand new push, uh, but I think what we see now is the evolution of the car to a centralized computing architecture, something we've been advocating for many years, and bringing high-performance computing into the vehicle uh, to create a software-defined car. So instead of putting just the basic minimum electronics in a vehicle, automakers have shifted their strategy to essentially trying to future-proof, put a powerful computer inside the car, put sensors on the vehicle, and over time, you can increase the value of the car, increase the number of features and capabilities of that car through software updates over the air. So we first, of course, started doing that uh, in the early days of Tesla. They were the first, and their um, Autopilot 2 and the infotainment, the cluster, all powered by NVIDIA initially. So that model uh, has proven itself. And as if you look at the value of car companies now, that have a software-defined car strategy, it's, it's enormous. And you see that this is a huge change in strategy from the traditional automakers. And so you have many new automakers that do not have legacy products, legacy supply chains that are able to move more quickly. And that's where you see a company like Neo or Xpeng or Liado um, really embracing this future vision of a software-defined car. And they look to NVIDIA to provide that hardware and software for them to build upon. We have an open platform, allows them to customize. They can choose whatever sensors they want. They can scale the computing depending on what they're trying to do with the car. Um, Neo just introduced their ET7, which will have four of our new Orin processors delivering over a thousand tops. So a thousand trillion operations per second 
to do all kinds of, of functions in the car. Um, so it's, it's a combination of having the end-to-end -end solution, meaning from the data center to the car is all one computing architecture from NVIDIA, as well as then the scalability and the open software stack. So all these factors together have really helped with our growth on a global basis. I find it hard to believe that anything can even count a thousand tops, let alone do a thousand tops. It's, um, it's, pretty, it's, pretty... it's pretty insane, the, the amount of computation, <laughs> but when you start to look at the amount of information with all these high-res cameras, with the radar, with the LiDAR, to be able to analyze 30 frames a second to detect pedestrians, it, it's, it's mind-boggling, really. Yeah, it, it just all of a sudden reminds me, I played soccer quite competitive as a kid, and, um, and our coach emphasized many times that soccer required the most, the, the, the most thinking in a, in a second of any of most conventional sports that you constantly had to look all around and pay attention to many different players and actions and, uh, and, and think a lot in, within a second. And it, it brings, it's actually, you know, related in a sense, because what you're talking about, you know, the cameras, the radars, having the, the different types of vision and sense of what's around you, looking at all these different uh, players around you, uh, vehicles and whatnot, and um, and then trying to process all that. So it's it's an interesting kind of uh, matter. Uh, that's so can, a cool. That's a cool analogy. Um, but but you're right. You have all these different um, elements in a scene. They could be people. They could you know on bicycles. They could be walking. There's other vehicles. There's different vehicle types. And so not only is it about the detection of all those objects, but then being able to predict the behavior. So analyzing speed, the trajectory, and you know, even if you're thinking about animals, a cow on the side of a road uh, behaves very differently than a deer on the side of the road. And so all of this uh, needs to be factored in as the car is trying to make these split second decisions. And that's why artificial intelligence is so critical. Yeah, we, an area I live in has these tall sandhill cranes that are quite, um, that are endangered or whatnot, and they have super priority, you can't, um, Nobody can harm them, and they walk very slowly, and they'll just cross the street very slowly. Um, <laughs> and they're all, you know about the height of a fifth grader or something. So it's it's a sort of strange phenomenon here, where they rule the road, and they're so slow and don't really seem to even be concerned about cars. Um, uh, but yeah, all different scenarios around the world, and just keeping that analogy of the sports for a second. You know, if you think of, for example, NBA LeBron James or something, how many things. A player like that has to pay attention to the nuance, the the you know the proximity, the, all of that kind of thing. And you know we we don't think about it in detail often, but this is what you're basically trying to replicate on the driving side of things. Is you know um, having the human sense for for so much nuance. Uh, so one question on the Neo and Xpeng um, partnerships: uh, Can you speak a little bit about where? NVIDIA ends or, or where NVIDIA starts and NEO and XPUNK end uh, and the difference bet between them and uh, yeah, sort of, you know, what's, what's the kind of the, rain, the, the range, the breadth of your involvement in those autos? I, I think, I mean, you raise a really interesting question. I think the days of a, uh, a chip supplier as we're often referred to as um, are very different today than they were in the past. Before it was very transactional. A, a tier one supplier would buy a chip from a company. 
they would integrate it and then they would sell a box to the OEM. And there was really very little interaction between um, the entities and certainly there was no software updates, right? You sold it and you were done. What's different about NVIDIA and it really has been that way for, from day one with us is that we're a true technology partner and uh, we work on the integration. It starts with the architecture. And in many cases, um, we are teaching the automaker, the tier one about what's possible because we're doing things that have never been done before. So we have a direct relationship with the automaker and the tier one. It's really a three-way development uh, initiative. And so there's software from NVIDIA, um, there's reference designs on boards that we create, and then it all gets customized. Um, we have a massive software team, thousands of software engineers and solution architects that are, are working on the technology and working directly um, with the automaker. And so it really is a, an ongoing process. And since the software will essentially never be done, we'll continue to support, enhance, improve the software as long as we shall live. It's an ongoing relationship um, that we're building together. And we provide um, many layers of software from the operating system to um, certain libraries, SDKs with um, different programming interfaces uh, up to applications. And, dozens of deep neural networks for all types of um, perception outside and even inside the car, gesture recognition and, and speech and natural language processing. So there's all these building blocks that we provide. So our customers, the automakers and the tier ones can build their applications and differentiate their cars and create their own interfaces, but all using the core technology from NVIDIA. They can also develop their own algorithms and run in parallel. So for extra safety, there can be redundancy and diversity. Maybe there's an NVIDIA pedestrian detection algorithm running alongside uh, one that the automaker has developed. And so that adds uh, an extra layer of safety. So is it, is it a similar level of depth of integration with Neo, Xpeng, and Li Auto, Auto or are is your integration deeper, more expansive in some? Yeah, I mean, there, there is, there is a, a, each customer is, is unique in that they have um, different goals, different plans for the types of vehicles and the features and capabilities. And of course they have different uh, talent bases in house. So I'm not able to comment on specifics of each detail. You'd have to ask those mm -hmm. automakers, unfortunately, <laughs> I can't share all that. But um, you know, in some cases, um, they have extensive teams, and so they'll be building uh, on our technology directly. Um, and in some cases, they rely more heavily on NVIDIA. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just get the impression Xpeng seems a little more interested in being more uh, vertically integrated like a, like a Tesla and being more involved in, that, in the smart EV side of things, whereas Neo, very similar in many regards, but also seems to be more willing interested in, in outsourcing things um but yeah I, I get it you can't you can't give me any clues here uh <laughs> and uh in, in each case i mean there, there always is close collaboration even if they're writing their own code their own apps uh there, there's a lot of integration work and again it's it's not a transaction where they've bought a product from us it's really that announcement of a deal is the start of a long-term relationship it's got to be smooth. All got to be smooth. Um, and I guess one last question on that sort of general topic. Um, so do you see 
more or less all the legacy automakers have, having made this transition from, you know, this previous trans more print transactional approach, or do you see them as largely in the middle of it right now? Uh, yeah, just I know you can't speak about specific automakers, but generally speaking, in the the big automakers of of the U.S. and Europe. Uh, it's not uniform answer, but if you look at something like Mercedes-Benz, we announced last summer that their entire lineup will move to this fully updatable centralized computing architecture. Essentially, they're starting from a clean sheet with NVIDIA, and we're working together to, to build that. So replacing dozens of ECUs in the car with an NVIDIA drive system um, that will really uh, transform their, their vehicle architecture and the capabilities of every single vehicle. And they're putting the sensor suite on every car. So even from the entry level, the basic trim levels will still have a powerful NVIDIA drive supercomputer inside. Now the customer may not choose to buy all the advanced features when they buy the car, but they have the ability to add it after the fact, either through subscription services or one-time purchase or however, Mercedes ends up rolling it out. So they've been fully embraced that, right? So that's a very large, maybe oldest automaker has said, we need to reinvent ourselves and they partner with NVIDIA to do that. Um, and so there's, there's many others that are making those kinds of shifts. Um, but I think some of the legacy automakers still, you're seeing they have been slow to move to EVs and partly because it disrupts their whole supply chain. It disrupts their whole manufacturing process, their whole um, their whole workforce. And so I think that you now start to see major automakers talking about how EVs and AVs will be a big part of your future, their future. But uh, I think the, the newer companies have been quicker to move on this. And uh, we've got some more, more tech, technical uh, staff um, Paul Foss, who's a longtime software engineer, and Kanan Boss, who's a very young uh, tech-savvy uh, member of our team and, and media lead. Um, they've, they've offered some more technical questions, so jump into a little bit more detail here. Um, Paul, Paul's asked, um, for general purpose AI chips versus auto-related AI chips, uh, he's asking, which do you think is better and why? Sort of open-ended question. Yeah, well... It's, it's kind of obvious, I think, right? Whenever you have something that's generic, um, it's not necessarily gonna do as well as something that's specific. Um, what we've done with our roadmap is start from something that was more generic, like a GPU. That was a graphics processing unit when it first was invented over two decades ago. We still call it a GPU, but now our, our regular GPUs are custom ASICs for AI processing. They still do graphics, but they've been designed with all kinds of new circuitry to process the types of math for artificial intelligence and all the, all the matrix math. And um, the same thing is true in the automotive space, right? We have automotive grade um, solutions, which of course is key to be able to put something in a car, but our SOCs currently in production, Xavier and coming soon, Oren, are SOCs that are designed for autonomous vehicles. There's six different processors inside this one chip. There's a CPU, there's a GPU, 
but there's deep learning accelerators, there's image signal processors, there's video encoders and decoders. And so all this is designed with the autonomous vehicle software pipeline, all the sensor processing for perception, mapping and localization, planning and control. So we've developed the full software stack and co-designed the software and the hardware together to ensure we have the appropriate type of compute to address the different types of algorithms and the various types of data that are coming in and to be able to do it uh, in an energy efficient fashion. And so we have a range of products that can scale from uh, a dash cam or NCAP and just basic um, driver assistance to a level two plus system to level four and level five. And so the software can be leveraged across an automaker for all these different solutions. Whether you're doing driver assistance or you're doing fully autonomous, you still need to detect everything around the car. And the real difference is, well, what's the backup? And so is there a human at the wheel? Is there a human at the wheel that's responsible? Is there a human at the wheel that's allowed to sleep and can be woken up with an alert saying, you know, your off ramp is coming up in 10 minutes, or is it a robo taxi with no steering wheel? All those types of vehicles will leverage the same core hardware architecture and the same software stack for NVIDIA. So again, that really helps cut down on the development costs for the automaker. Yeah, and um, so expanding on this a little bit, I think um, uh, I'm quoting my uh, Kanan boss right now. So Tesla's taken the approach of creating hardware perfectly tailor-made for their needs and programming. While this is not likely to be possible for multiple different customers, automakers, uh, two options towards that are possible, something like ARM does, where it creates a base architecture that other OEMs can modify for their own needs, like Apple did with M1 or Samsung with Exynos. Uh, could this work for NVIDIA when it comes to autonomy, something like this? Or is this what you've already sure. been? Yeah, I, I think that, um, as you know, we've, um, we're in the process of acquiring ARM. And it's, it's, uh, it was announced last summer. It's a deal that will take, um, could be an additional 12 months to go through all the, the regular, regulatory approvals. Uh, we believe it will. But their approach, you're right, is very interesting. Licensing that core technology, and as our CEO, Jensen Huang, has said, is his goal is to preserve that model um, and to be able to expand that portfolio uh, with other technology. So a lot of core NVIDIA technology in the future you could see as licensable uh, for other people to do custom design chips. The, the thing is that um, trying to create your own chip though is, uh, is a daunting task. It's very costly. And so, you know, we've been uh, experts in this for decades and the volumes are enormous at NVIDIA. When you factor in everything we're doing in gaming and high-performance computing and uh, in healthcare and other industries. And so a single car maker who's selling tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or eventually millions um, doesn't get the same economies of scale as, as a company like NVIDIA. Um, so there's a lot of factors, I think, that need to go into um, developing your own technology. The other yeah, thing so that if you notice, if you look at our, our uh, architecture and the ecosystem we've developed and support we have is that, you know, just take AI, for example, all the major frameworks are all supported on NVIDIA. Now, if you've gone off and developed a custom chip to do just one specific 
type of task. And some research breakthrough next month comes out with a whole new algorithm. The frameworks and the support that NVIDIA has, uh, we're often able to run all those new AI frameworks without having to develop new silicon. So that's just something to, to keep in mind as well. Yeah, so the second option sort of, I think it, you're leading in that direction. So the second option you put forth, you know, alternatively, NVIDIA could create the underlying base code for self-driving that works for its chips so that each car OEM can then train and build open. Um, for sure. I, I think we're not going to see a single system that's applied into every car. Airbags have become standardized, right? And almost everyone, or there's a few players, but they're all sort of commoditized now. Um, maybe someday, you know, we'll have autonomous vehicle systems that have reached that level, but not for a long, long time. And right now there's so much innovation that's going on. There's so much research. There's so many new algorithms. There's new sensors. And so having a platform that's flexible, that allows that innovation to continue, that can be updated, um, that can support you know, new camera types that are coming out, higher resolution cameras, whatever it is, um, we have the flexibility and modularity to support our customers that way. And that comes again from being an open platform that they can develop on. It's not a black box. Um, it's something they can customize and, and fine tune themselves. Yeah. And so, you know, thinking about this, this topic of auton fully autonomous vehicles, robo taxis, who will lead on that? You know, there's a bit of a back and forth between um, the CEO of Waymo, uh, John Krafczyk, and Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla this week. We, we wrote about it, and then Elon responded to our article on Twitter um, with some more comments. Um, but generally speaking, you know, uh, the topic is exciting, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of very smart, talented teams doing a lot of work to try to sort of lead the way. And when I think about it, a, a key factor seems to be a matter of scale and the ability to scale um, and learn from software neural, with neural nets and, and um, artificial intelligence. So when I think of NVIDIA, I think of that possibility of working with a lot of automakers to have a core kind of underlying software and hardware and and then be able to scale, you know, learn from that. Can you speak a little bit about your ability to learn collecting software across automakers and then, you know, have a feedback loop of, of neural nets and machine learning? That... You're absolutely right. Um, you know, we have hundreds of companies in our ecosystem and that spans automakers, truck makers, the tier ones, um, even, you know, mapping companies, sensor companies, other software companies, certainly robo-taxi companies. Um, robo-taxi is, is a different scale of compute generally than the, the traditional OEMs. Um, and you'll find most of these uh, robo-taxis have the equivalent of, uh, of industrial PCs in the car. They're um, running many of our GPUs and our SOCs and they have to have redundant systems. Um, and they're, they're processing just a massive amount of data as we've discussed. But you're right, we're bound by confidentiality agreements to not reveal what one company is doing to another. But the concept of developing the core libraries that we make available to everybody 
can leverage the fact that we're working with so many different players. So we provide um, our toolkits, our SDKs, our libraries. And so our pedestrian detection algorithms that we make available, um, you're right, have the benefit from working with many different companies. It could be facial recognition software for driver monitoring, um, gesture control, natural language processing, all these different um, modalities and the deep neural networks that we make available um, do result from the fact that we are globally working on this problem uh, and have so many partners. We've also developed um, the whole end-to-end -end chain. So it's not just about putting hardware in the car, but the data center plays a vital role. And so, as you mentioned, scale is key, being able to collect data and feed that into each automaker's data center for the training um, of their algorithms and having fleets of vehicles that can be probes in different environments is really important. Another aspect is simulation. So we have our, our drive constellation data center product uh, uses GPUs to simulate cameras, radar, LIDAR in a virtual world that mirrors the real world. And then we do hardware in the loop testing of our drive platform running exact same software stack that goes in the car, but we're essentially testing it in virtual reality. And so we can change the time of day, we can change weather conditions, we can create dangerous and hazardous scenarios and run them over and over and over, testing the effectiveness of the algorithms and the software without putting anybody in harm's way. And so this is another way to rapidly scale. You can have a data center full of simulators that are running 24 seven. It's much more cost-effective, much more efficient, and it's repeatable compared to on-road testing where most of the time you don't encounter anything unusual. So when people talk about miles and miles of on-road testing, the bulk of that is boring miles. You're cruising down the freeway, nothing happens. What's important is being able to test, can the car detect a potential hazard and take the right action. So that's where simulation again will help us refine, um, test and validate and achieve the levels of safety we need to. Yeah, and I, I don't wanna, you know, I'm not trying to stir up controversy, but it's uh, uh, sort of, as a sort of naughty question, can you, can you speak, you know, a little bit about where you see NVIDIA's pros and cons on both the, the, the virtual testing and the on-road testing um, compared to Tesla, Waymo, Mobileye. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's just always from an outsider's perspective, you see a lot of the same terminology and, and concepts. And it's just when you see a little bit of uh, talking about competitors, you can sort of get a sense or try to of where you might have a, a leg up or, or not. Sure. Well, I think that, um, I mean, there's a lot of great work going on in the industry and, and, virtually every company out there in the robo-taxi space um, is using NVIDIA. And both in, in their data center and in their vehicle. Um, I think the approach that we take, again, is having uh, the same architecture for training and inference. And so that gives you the ability to know that what you're creating and testing in the data center is the same that what goes in the car. Uh, our practice is massive amounts of simulation and that needs to go through a vetting process before it even goes into a test vehicle. And then our test vehicles have multiple safety drivers, basically somebody behind the wheel and a co-pilot 
um, who is monitoring the systems as well as the road and, and the driver. Um, so we, we take safety very seriously. That's our number one priority. And through a combination of, of road testing, um, after the simulation, um, we believe that we'll have uh, the ability to release products and make them available to our customers. Now they're still gonna do all of their own testing, right? We create the, the platform, they integrate it into their cars and we'll go through um, a rigorous testing and validation in their vehicles as well. Uh, and a simpler question, uh, perhaps, what comes after Orin? The next great <laughs> SSD. Um, so we, uh, well, stay tuned, come to GTC, our GPU technology conference. It'll be this April. Um, that's where in the keynote, Jensen will, will make new announcements. Um, you know, we recently announced that uh, Orin will be sampling soon. Um, Xpeng and, uh, and several of the other, uh, Neo and others are talking, you know, 2022 timeframe for rolling out um, their first vehicles with our technology inside. I recall they will be first, right? Well, they're, they're not necessarily the first to get it. Everyone gets it at the same right. time, but they've, they've had more aggressive dates than some others. Uh, Mercedes-Benz, they're doing a total vehicle um, architecture redesign, and they've said uh, every vehicle starting in 2024. So different yeah. automakers have different scale and scope and, and different timelines, but everyone will get the, the product at the same time. So short answer, we, we haven't made any formal announcements yet on our next generation, but stay tuned. All right. And uh, uh, a couple more questions from Kanon Boss. Um, by not developing sensor hardware in tandem with processors, does that broaden the options for partners or make it harder for them uh, to compete? Could you discuss the trade-off here? Yeah, I think the, um, the strategy that we have is open. And so that means we have, um, I think there's over 60 sensor partners in our ecosystem and it gives the automakers choice and there's new technologies coming out um, all the time, and it gives them the ability to do their own business deals, negotiate their own contracts, work with the, the sensors that they want to. And, um, and so we don't, uh, we don't mandate that it's a specific sensor. We're not locking them in. And that's part of the flexibility so, of our platform and, and all the APIs that we support. Yeah, so, so similar question, by not developing self-driving software in tandem with processors, does that, the same general concept, What's the trade-off there? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by, by software specifically. I mean, but in, in general, um, we've developed all the core libraries, you know, based on CUDA for parallel processing and our, our AI engines now um, encoding and decoding a video. So there's all the core libraries that we make available to the automakers to build their applications. Uh, and we work closely with them throughout that the process, but if, if there's a follow-on, please yeah. ask. I, th I think the question is about whether you lose certain efficiencies with the processors or um, you know, the trade-off between, you know, having them very closely custom developed versus uh, more open and, and uh, separate. Well, we we but, provide but, access at, at different points. So there's a very low level access um, to, to the chips, and then they can also call our, our libraries and DNNs. So there's a, a wide range of entry points uh, into our platform. 
And there was another question from Paul Foss was, how will you lower power consumption on future products to increase, help increase vehicle range? Sure, that, that's something that, that's built into our strategy, into our roadmap. If you look historically, um, early, early auto processors were uh, higher um, energy consumption. And we continue through technology innovation, through process innovation, to increase the performance per watt. And historically, we've had a great trend and that will continue. You have, uh, can you speak about the, the team or the size team that works on that? Kind of, or is it just all an integrated? Well, one of the things that um, is a great asset of NVIDIA is, is we have one engineering team and there's, um, you know, there, there's hardware and there's software, of course, but we're able to leverage our architecture across all different types of industries. Gaming is still massive and drives a very large portion of revenue in our company and that, that funds a lot of the engineering effort. Um, but the same core architecture that's going into GPUs for gaming um, is leveraged for AI, for the data center. And then we're able to scale it down into an extremely energy efficient, uh, smaller unit for the vehicle. And I think if we were just doing automotive chips, we wouldn't be as successful as we are today uh, in this market because we can leverage the engineering effort across the entire company. So it's thousands of hardware engineers um, that are essentially working for the automotive business unit indirectly. And there's thousands of software engineers that are doing AI code and whether they're specifically part of the automotive group or not. Um, and then there's a whole team dedicated to just automotive software as well. So it's, it's many, many yeah, thousands of people. And you've just sort of done it, but I've just, you know, kind of visually like a tree kind of uh, visualization. Can you, can you give a kind of overview of, of, of the different teams and how they relate? Maybe, maybe this is better for follow-up on, on text or with graphics or something. But. Well, I, I think that um, if you think about artificial intelligence, right, there's the, the core computing that goes into it, um, whether you're doing something in healthcare or in automotive. So in healthcare, you might be scanning x-rays uh, and trying to, determine if that anomaly in the image is, is cancer. It's not different from a front-facing camera scanning the horizon and detecting a pedestrian. The use case, of course, is different, but the fundamental technology underneath it is the same. And so we have horizontally based uh, resources in the company that are focused on developing core technologies. And then we have teams focused vertically on different industries that build on those technologies and bring the products to market. Thank you. Um, I, thank you for your patience with this. I know it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just as an outsider, you're always trying to get a picture of how it all comes together. And with as such such a big and complicated and integrated team, of course, it's hard to sort of picture that sometimes. Um, so one more, I think possibly the last question here. Uh, many vehicles, Teslas, for example, have a computer for driving, like uh, Hardware 3 and Tesla, and also a second computer for all media. Uh, is NVIDIA planning to combine these all into one SOC? Or if not, is NVIDIA planning on developing a chip for controlling the screens and display media in a vehicle? Yeah, today, um, they tend to be separate. And I think they'll be separate for some time to come. Um, 
there's needs to be integration between the two. The sensor processing is going on, but then you want to visualize it in the cockpit. So there will be communication between these two. NVIDIA um, develops both. We have Drive AV, which is our autonomous vehicle set stack, and Drive IX, which is the intelligent experience stack for the cockpit, for the infotainment screens, for the passenger screens, rear seat entertainment, all of that. So if you look to Mercedes-Benz latest announcement on their hyperscreen, just was announced it'll be in the new EQS, the electric S-Class. Um, it builds on the MBUX, Mercedes-Benz user experience that is powered by NVIDIA that has been shipping in cars for many years and the new generation just came out in the S-Class as well. It drives many screens. So short answer to your question, yes, NVIDIA is in those markets. And I think from a, um, a development perspective, from uh, making sure that the safety critical systems are safety critical, there probably will be a little separation from the infotainment for the time being. But the core technology in both those systems is the same. AI is playing a bigger and bigger part in the cockpit now with facial recognition, um, gaze detection, drowsiness monitoring, things like that. Essentially those become apps, right? And then there's um, gesture recognition, there's voice recognition with natural language understanding. So instead of having specific words that you have to learn to give commands to the car, you can speak in a natural voice and you can have a conversation with your car. That requires a massive amount of computing that needs to be on board just to do that language processing. And then it'll go to the cloud when it needs to, to get information about the weather or traffic or um, doing a search for a restaurant. Thank you so much. Um, just two final quick questions. So uh, sure. just um, basically, I'm a, I'm a new automaker. I, I'm doing great stuff, but uh, I need a partner. What's your, what's your elevator pitch to, to, for me to choose you instead of um, Intel, Mobileye, Waymo, uh, someone else for the kind of autonomous vehicle path of, of technology? Well, NVIDIA has the most uh, comprehensive solution, regardless of whether you're going from NCAP to level five. It's scalable, it's open, and uh, we have the experience to deliver what you need, whether NVIDIA is developing it for you or you want to build on NVIDIA. We support both models. Cool. And the last one, uh... Do you want to just throw any trash talk out there for any, anyone, any competitors? Or... <laughs> uh, the reality is all, all these car companies out there are, are doing great work. The vast majority are our partners today. The ones that aren't um, often will be ours in the future. That's what we've seen in the past is if we don't win on the first round, then they realize it's much more difficult than they anticipated. Uh, and they come back around to NVIDIA. That's great. I, you know, I, I, I don't ask that question anyway, but you're such a nice guy and I've seen you uh, interviewed several times and you're, you're a very nice, gracious um, uh, and careful person. So <laughs> I was not expecting any Alan Iverson trash talk, but uh, that's a good way of, I think, sort of trying to picture um, where you see NVIDIA in this broader marketplace. So thank you for all the perspective here. Um, a lot of great information. Uh, we're 
always looking for new uh, new news from you because you seem to put out a lot of exciting news uh, on a regular basis. So thank you for what you're doing and for communicating it so patiently and clearly to all of us. Um, any final thoughts or final words or, um, yep, anything? I, I just want to say thanks uh, to you as well. You guys do a great job, put out really insightful news and, and your assessment of that news through your articles. And uh, I just think that we're, for this year, we're going to continue to see some additional consolidation. That was, that was a big theme of 2020, right? There's a lot of players. There's a lot of money going out to startups. It's great. We're still in the very early innings of this game. But um, we're, we're going to see, I think, a little bit more consolidation. And, um, and then real, real pilots and deployments, right? We're getting close to um, seeing these vehicles on the road that have much more advanced capabilities. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, it's a very exciting time. Thank you. And for any listeners, uh, thank you. And check in next time to get your electric fix. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thanks.